Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 67. In this episode, my friends and I talk about mentorship, what it might look like if it's done right, what some of the pitfalls are, as well as some of our own experiences. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, go ahead and give it a listen, and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys. Hey guys. Hello. So David is eating a hard boiled L. Sheg Sheg. A hard boiled L. Sheg included. That's staying in. I'm keeping that, man. A hard boiled egg shell included. Are you you're not really eating the shell? No. Okay. I'm saying if God didn't want you to eat the shell. He said he was it for later, so you're gonna have to watch it. If God didn't want you to eat the shell, you wouldn't have to put it on the egg. That's How right. do you eat a banana? The thing is, this is a serious. What is an eggshell made of? Uh, it's calcium, right? It's I, like I basically one hundred percent calcium. I'm, I'm pretty sure. That's no good. And I'm saying it with enough confidence that. So you could eat it theoretically, it's like it's it's fine. I feel like if you pulverize, because you can definitely compost them. Sure. Yeah. I mean, duh, they're biodegradable, but uh. But yeah, I think you could pulverize it and like maybe even put it in pill form and just take it and it would be a calcium supplement. Huh, huh. So what? But don't eat the shell as you're eating the egg because it will slice up your esophagus on the way down. Mm. I I would suspect, you know. That's a good suspicion. For those who don't know what esophagus <laughs> is, look it up. This guy. Right esophagus here. is the thing that connects your optic nerve to your uvulus muscle. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's everybody doing? Good. A-okay. Oh, he thinks I hear a new voice. Oh. <laughs> well, that, that's been the case for a minute 35 by now. That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, we got our, a new first-time buckaroo <laughs> guy with us. Hey, everyone, I'm Quentin. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino, the one and only. To get some yes, real production values on <laughs> You get to tell us about Kill Bill 3? Um, yeah, yeah, it's coming up next year. Awesome. <laughs> Kill Bill 3, The Reckoning. <laughs> and you're going on a trip starting tomorrow? Yes, sir. Going we to are headed to Europe. Europa. Yeah. Europa. So, um, so we're uh, headed to Barcelona as our first stop. We'll be there for a few days, and we'll be bouncing um, on a cruise between a few ports between France and Italy. Whoa. Barcelona, France. Barcelona, Barcelona France. France. There you go. Yeah. <clears throat> and Paris, Italy. Yep. The French <laughs> the French Riviera. Yeah. Is that just the south of France? I believe Pretty so. Much, okay. Yeah. So Riviera does not mean river? See, I was on the same would, page with you and I was I a little so, disappointed. Because yeah. I thought it was like this rich place of this river, like maybe the Sienna or whatever. And it was like, nope, it's just the, just the beaches in the south. And I'm like, oh. That's not a river then. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, oh yeah, I'm going down to the Atlantic River. Yeah, I think for it was. Labor Day. You know how Greenland, Iceland, that whole little thing there, that little prank. Oh yeah, yeah, but the I don't Italian, Iceland is green. No, and Greenland the Italians, is ice. they did yeah. that to the French, probably. No, you're lying. It's no one's gonna be tricked into thinking that a sea is a river, unless it's the Amazon. You think way too much oh. of people, Travis. Bro, the Amazon. <laughs> did you, did you know that the Amazon is as wide as the next ten widest rivers combined? What? So is the Mississippi included in that? Yes, right. Okay. I would think the, the yeah. Mississippi. Mm. Well, yeah, but it's not necessarily one of the top eleven yeah. widest rivers. I've bathed in the Amazon level. Wow. wow. Moving on. Can you tell dangerous. me where so I know not to go there? It's <laughs> <laughs> like Carmen actually, yeah, Jameson. where? Uh, in Bolivia. In Bolivia. I didn't uh, think the the river went. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. It wow. goes from Brazil in the north. <laughs> 
I think. Uh, well, because it goes in, into Colombia, I think maybe Venezuela. It's, it starts in. Well, I don't think Venezuela. Maybe some tributaries do, but it, it definitely goes out to Peru. So Peru and the Andes. And so stuff. probably it probably has tributaries. This is great for a podcast where there's like no visual element to it. <laughs> yeah. But there's probably tributaries coming down from Colombia, from Peru, and then from Bolivia. But like the Amazon is you know Incredible. really big yeah. yeah it's very big it actually does function more like a sea at its you know at its headwaters than so it's the Bra- brazilian river riviera yeah. yeah yeah so now we've solved it we solved so anyway it. you're going to france yes sir going to nice and <clears throat> provence i believe is the way that most people provence. pronounce it i always say province because it sounds like how no, i would pronounce it is it, it is that where no, the herbs say come from provence. and then just you, are you french I am not zero okay. percent. Right, zero percent. He's not zero so. percent. <laughs> no, he's but, more. He's at least point zero zero zero. What I was just gonna say is, you know that stereotypical French accent. Yeah. Just oh, pronounce everything in that accent, and you might be off, but they won't think oh, of it's another American. You, yeah. yeah, you're trying. <laughs> so wait, Provence is where herbs de Provence come from, right? Uh, what did Herb, you say? I don't herbs, know what you just said. Herbs de Provence. Well, I would imagine that yeah. you cook with, right? Yeah. Well, it's co- weird that Provence so many food names south. are just place names. Mm. You know, they're also like champagne. I heard they're nicer in the south. In French. Are they? Well, they're nicer anywhere that's not Paris. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. So. Yeah. So yeah, like I think you'll you'll have a good time. You're yeah. gonna go to to Nice. Yep. I think we'll, you have a Nice time there. You have a Nice we, time. A nice there. time. Yep. Then we're going to Rome. Oh. Yeah, Rome cool. It's just a day though. Like that's the way the cruise is. Are you gonna see the Vatican? I don't think so. We we have like ten hours there throughout the whole day. So what's the see... river that goes through Rome? Uh, the Roman Riviera. <laughs> no, it starts with a T. Uh, Is it the Tiger? Tiberius. Tiberia. No. Tibers. It's not the Tigris. No, you're not gonna, Tigris. You no, were going to say Tigris. Of course, Admit I was. It. I was. <laughs> but ti- isn't it Tiberius? I think it's the Tiber. Tiber. T. No. I don't know. I can't remember now. And it. Hey, Jamie, pull that up for us. Oh, oh, have have today's oh, topic: bodies of water. Yeah, today's top. We're just going to talk about. Rivers are very important, though. Yeah, man. Rivers are where all major civilizations Mm. start off. The Nile, the Huanghe in China, Mm -hmm. the Indus River, where India started. Always wanted to go to Rome. If if I could go anywhere, it would be Rome. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, it's like seeing so much history. Yeah, yeah, the Colosseum, everything. It just. Yeah, I will say. I will say, like the Vatican and like the all the art in. in the Sistine Chapel, like St. Peter's Basilica, I have, I'm very conflicted by it, but it is probably the, it's probably the place in the world with the most art that's worth the most amount of money combined. That's what I thought they anywhere. had, like, the greatest art collection in the entire yeah. world. Like, and most of it was blue. painted to be displayed right. there, you know, because yeah. it was just painted for the Catholic Church. Yeah. Are you guys ready? I'm going to have to sound really stupid, or be really small, but you know who else lived in Rome? Paul. Aristotle. The Apostle Paul. And Aristotle, Aristotle was a mental too. Aristotle was Greek. Was he? Oh, man. That's Rome. Athens. Oh, okay, well, I'm sorry. That's what I was going to say. That is really dumb. Well, you took, your, you took a yeah, shot, took man. A shot. You tried. You yeah. took a chance, took a chance. And I'll just... respect you for the chance, but not the he'll respect. He'll respect you for trying to pronounce it. De Provence. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he was a mentor. But do you know, okay, only David may answer this. Do you know who he mentored? Aristotle. Do you know uh, who he mentored? I'm well, assuming a lot of people, but it's someone that's big name. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. The I'll, week, I'll just the say Cecil. Okay, Cecil. <laughs> Wait, do you, just yes or no, Eric, do you know? 
I'm gonna say yes. No, no, he, okay, okay. I'm, I'm about say to say it. like, do I you know? know? I think I do, but I, I'm not positive. Okay, yeah. on three, both of you say it. One, two, three. Alexander the Great. No, no, it's another philosopher. Okay, if it's another philosopher, it's Alexander the Great. Actually. Okay, yeah, yeah, because really? yeah, because uh, Socrates just... mentored Plato. That's who I was thinking. Who mentored okay. Aristotle? Who mentored Alexander the Great? I was thinking really? Socrates. It's like you go philosopher, 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 war criminal. War criminal. Yeah. You know, that's. But he was really good at war. Alexander the Great. Yeah, yeah man, he was. Baby he was amazing. Just, you know, talk baby to generals. No, maybe oh. generals. Oh, maybe. Sounds <laughs> like baby generals. How did he die? Put by his friend. Why his friend killed him? Well, that's like I think there's theories. Yeah, Alexander the Great. It's not like people say. Oh, he was poisoned, or he was. There you go. Like I, I think honestly, the uh, the theory that has the most credibility behind it is he died of a fever. Hmm. But then people are like, "That's lame." He he got assassinated. (laughs) You you know, somebody slipped him poison. But anyway, yeah, he was mentored, and that was probably good for him. But was it really because he died young? If you get mentored, you'll get a fever and die. <laughs> yeah. Well, who knows? If he wasn't mentored, maybe he would have died sooner. Okay, let's stop trying to shoehorn this in. Yeah. Uh, so, mentors. Mentors. Good mentors. or bad? I mean, I think that's... Yes. Yeah. Mm, yes, yeah. There we go. Mm. I mean, it always it always uh, depends on the, the mentor. Um, and their, I guess, their practice of mentoring. Because mm. you can have a, you have a bad mentor. Mm. Yeah. Think of, uh, well, yes, I have. Uh, but what, well, well, well oh, we're I gonna have say, to do a uh, law and order, like yeah. the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, but <laughs> what I was getting as bad as an evil, like Emperor Palpatine, oh, is a mentor. Okay. Yeah, See what I'm saying? okay, that's what I was getting. But he was a good like, mentor, he was, he was a, yeah, effective. You know? Yeah, right. so. it's like a good serial killer, <laughs> you know, Dexter, like hit yeah, Dexter, like he's yeah. a good, he's good. Well, he's fictional, right? I think he's based on it, okay, yeah. I hope uh, he well, maybe I should. Have. I don't know. That's not. I yeah, don't. but he was good at being something that's bad. Yeah. yeah, good at being bad, and sometimes you're just good, like Hitler. But we we did it. <laughs> Less than ten minutes, and we've already gotten to Hitler. Okay, so uh, good mentors. Let's let's right. start off there. I feel like that's well, an easy. Thing. Again, or no, go what's ahead. the category of the good? Like so, just like what would make a mentorship relationship a mm-hmm. beneficial, healthy mentorship Effective. relationship? Mm-hmm. Doesn't well, have to do the moral stance of the mentor. Right? And uh, let's do both. Like if oh, someone's okay. planning on being a morally good mentor mm-hmm. and also effective at mentoring, what should they shoot for? All right, Quentin, take it away. Ooh. The expert. This is <laughs> why we. Imported you. I'm just kidding. This is why we it. imported you from Barcelona for oh, this yeah, episode. Absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> No, I was going to say um, kind of something that leads up into, um, I, I think there's a few things that come before what I was going to say, but consistency has just been a huge thing for me too. Um, mm. I've had very inconsistent mentors in my life where, mm. you know, there's been effort and, you know, really the content is good, but like when you only meet maybe once every four or five months, there's just something mm. lacking there. And yeah. I mean, there's so much that can happen in, you know, one's life in, in a four to five month period. But when you're meeting every one, two weeks, I mean, there's so much ground you can cover, so... Yeah, and it's like, if you do that, like, once every two weeks, I don't know, to me that actually sounds very frequent, but Mm. I think that's probably, I think probably once every two weeks would be the time, like, that's what I would aim for with someone, if I was officially someone's mentor, or if I had someone who was officially my mentor, because it's like, okay, well, over the course of the year, you probably meet, like, 20 times, because you wind up canceling for Christmas and stuff like that, but you'll get more than 20, you know, and if if you're meeting for a couple hours, because you're just, you know, meeting at chick-fil-a or you know some coffee shop then 
that's 40 hours worth of discipleship time that's happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think time consistency is a big thing. It really depends on the seasonality too of your life. I mean, I think the most um, effective mentorship that I've ever had was uh, my senior year of college where mm. um, it was like a, you know, once a week, but also you're in college. <clears throat> so you have a little bit more time, you know, you're mm. not uh, stuck with like a 40 hour, mm. you know, work week. So yeah. I'll say like, People probably putting actually putting effort into it. Sure. So you like, like oh, I'll mentor you and just don't show up or just not putting any effort into it. Don't seem like you care. As so I think yeah, that that makes me think. Uh, there are some people who you would just you literally could just show up and it's like, hey, how's your week or you know what's going on with you, what's on your mind, and and they would. It's not like they'd have to come with a lesson plan, and it could still be really beneficial. Mm-hmm. But then there are some mentorship relationships that I would would have wanted more like, hey, let's read something together. Like, mm-hmm. let's read, you know, let's read the pastoral epistles together or let's read, uh, you know, a systematic theology together and just do it really, really slowly. Um, something where you have some homework. Uh, I've, I've had mentor relationships where it was very low effort and it was still really healthy. And I think that just has to do with the, the wisdom of the person uh, who was mentoring me, you know, and if you're an interesting well-read like a person who you know loves christ and is really trying to um you know help someone then i think that 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 can even be enough at times um i would say that because i I do agree with the the consistency but i think that um the modern day mentorship is not going to really be geared to to consistency even even the time that we're talking about let's say you meet 52 times Mm. a year right so that's every week and like for us and in, in the, the way we schedule our lives like that's a lot mm. and uh, i mean it could be really a lot especially if you have family and everything mm. but i think people did mentoring better back way back in, in the day with a different type of schedule because i think like if you let's say you did you met 200 times in a year mm. okay so you're not meeting every day but you mm-hmm. met 200. in one year i think you're going to get more out of that than mm. meeting you know 30 times in a year so you're talking four times a week yeah something like that i I think like if you really want to be super effective i think in the ways that it hasn't i think the way that like you see with jesus and the disciples Mm -hmm. right like that is a constant and that was only what several years Mm -hmm. it wasn't even a decade it's just three years right but it was so rich yeah you know and it's like that if it was possible and i'm not saying it isn't possible i think that is the type of mentoring that that would really help like well, i, I got to dedicate a year maybe to you yeah but after this like, almost like an internship yeah type of program oh, I, yeah, will, yeah. I will say like uh you know sometimes i think okay i teach and then i lead the youth ministry uh these kids that i teach economics to how many hours a week are they with me mm-hmm. and so it's like okay 50 minutes five times a week so mm-hmm. that's a little over four hours right um these kids that i do youth ministry with it's like if it's a round table week well, okay, so let's take half of what a roundtable would be. So that'd be like maybe 40 minutes. And then I teach like a 30-minute lesson. That's like an hour a week, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, man, I, there's a lot of things that I'm thinking on this. Uh, one, I think that a lot of what I do when I teach my classes is also just like teaching life, philosophy, um, you know, teaching the faith and trying to gear people to think like, okay, how can I approach this biblically or, you know, uh, think about Christ's, like having a Christian mindset uh, in that area. There was also something I was listening to recently where there was a pastor and he was saying, um, 
Like, I just feel like I don't have a lot of influence over my congregation because these people, they come to my church and they listen to my preaching for, for one, you know, for an hour a week. And then they listen to Tucker Carlson for five hours a week. Mm -hmm. And then a guy kind of like paused the video of, of that pastor saying that. And he goes, okay, well, why? Like, why is your church not putting out more content? Like, I mean, you, you have such great theologians at your church. He's, he's talking about this specific pastor. And he's like, dude, record a podcast. Like, you could record a like two, two one-hour podcasts a week. And then there, you just tripled your discipleship, um, you know, hours per week that you're putting out. You could teach a class on the pastoral epistles. I don't know why I keep coming back. To that. I guess that actually is good content for that. Um, you could teach a class on the Old Testament prophets or on the Torah or whatever. And and it's like, why are you only giving these people an hour of content a week as, as a church? You know, I get that as a pastor, that that's a lot to put together if you're trying to put together a really good, um, you know, sermon that's an hour long. That'd be a lot of prep time. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I think most church environments could be putting more out there. There's a great book called, uh, there's actually two books. Uh, the first one is called Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus, and the second one is called Walking in the Dust of Rabbi Jesus. And they talk about the rabbi relationship and how it was a mentoring relationship and how, like, Jesus goes up to, you know, James and John, and he says, follow me. And they leave their, they ditch their nets. They leave their father, who, like, they're two-thirds of their father's workforce, and they just leave him and they go follow some guy that they, you know, they, Jesus had almost certainly had a reputation in Galilee by that point, but they just leave him and they, they pursue that. And, uh, it's like, so I, it wasn't until reading that book that I, that I found out that that's actually something that was pretty common for rabbis to do. If you're a rabbi, you might see a 15 year old boy and you'd say, follow me. And they would just abandon their life wow. and they would follow you. And they would, but the thing is kind of like what Eric, what you were saying, they were with you all the time. Right. Like you were walking, it's like, okay, we're going to walk from, uh, you know, Jerusalem to, uh, Gadara. And it's like, okay, well that's a day and a half of walking and there's going to be a lot of talking during that time. And then when you get there, you'll like, I don't know if you guys have watched the show, the chosen a little bit. Um, it's, oh, it, the first couple episodes are kind of, the acting is not great and the set pieces aren't that great and the lighting's not great. And, but if you get through that, and that's a tough sell. But it's like, uh, if you get through that, I think it does a very good job of portraying the time period and the relationship that disciples would have with their master. And just thinking like a rabbi relationship, like that's that's the best you could get with mentoring. That's as consistent as, as you could get. It's yeah. not like an hour once every two weeks. Right. Yeah. You know? I think um, it's so different now is because back then it would be, like now it'd be everyone can get information anywhere. Everyone has able to get the knowledge from pretty much just look up online and stuff and back then it was just only a few people who knew how to read a few people who was able to get that type of knowledge so that's why the people would spend like so many hours is because they couldn't get that there was no YouTube. only that one person yeah, yeah I mean that's so, a good point as well <clears throat> um, I've me, been mentored by a lot of pastors that I've never met mm -hmm, right. if, if by mentor you merely mean instruction right but I think it ideally means a lot more than that right. so when i hear the word mentor I, I think of someone who's like you know giving you advice and giving you wisdom and stuff like that so and i i don't think mentoring means you have to do like one-on-one or meet up with someone every week for instance like but like for this i think this like uh having friends like you guys is like talking to you guys and just talking about the day and you know giving you guys 
and you guys just opinions on the Bible and stuff. I feel like that's mentorship. I don't think it needs. You guys correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but I don't think mentoring um, is necessarily like a one-on-one -on -one thing. Um, I think it's more of a like if you're if you're ask, asking questions and you're getting it from your friends and stuff like they're like helping you see like if you don't understand something they're helping you understand more about like for instance like the bible and you're just getting a lot more knowledge and wisdom from them um and i for me i don't think it's necessarily has to be like oh hey let's meet up every week on stuff but i, I could be wrong too yeah. No, I think there is a benefit of, you know, doing it in groups of people. I don't know if I would call it necessarily mentorship. Maybe just, you know, having a really solid Christian community, which, of mm. course, I mean, for all of us, that's a very like essential a thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A life group. Um, but there's like an intimacy, I think, too, that comes with, mm. you know, in, in, with a mentorship. Uh, you know, just a little bit more transparency. I mean, speaking mm. for myself, like it's you know, it's a little bit hard sometimes to get me to, you know, come out of my shell a little bit. So, you know, when there's that consistency behind it, like we were talking mm. about before, um, and just that trust gain, I mean, there's so much ground again that you can just cover just, um, you know, being able to be transparent with one another and share those struggles, which are sometimes really hard to, you know, flesh out. But um, in that one-on-one -on -one scenario, it's, uh, it's a great opportunity to do that. Mm. And kind of going off of that, I just know that there are things that, like so with specific sin issues that i've had before it's like being able to talk to one guy and it's like okay i have to be a hundred percent honest with this person and if i don't like i'm really just shooting myself in the foot and that's been a huge benefit as far as like like getting a handle on sin or even just like i'm not reading my bible like i should i need someone to text me and say like hey you know it's getting to be toward the end of the day have you been in the word today and just like establishing habits um i i have changed a lot uh again i i don't think that it fits the necessarily fits the definition of mentorship but i've changed a lot because of men that i've listened to their schedules or i've listened to their preaching or i've listened to lectures by them um but i, I think the one thing that does set mentorship the one thing that i would want in order to call something mentorship is like feedback mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. this is a person who sees your life they they see your speech, they see your service, they see all these things independently of just that one hour that you're meeting. Um, and then when, when you do meet, they can give you feedback, not just like, here are some general life principles that would be good for anyone to follow, like a book of Proverbs type of thing, but like, hey, I noticed that you're doing this, or like when you speak, when you were speaking to that person, I don't think that was, um, you know, Christian love that you were conveying. I think you were very abrupt or whatever with them. So I think that type of insight is really crucial. So do you do you think like this day and age, would you say that Jesus is a mentor? Actively, well, that's tough. actively, yeah, because because well, like I believe the God is always with us. Like David, David, but I but um, I don't know that I would use that specific word. Um, part of it has to do with the fact that I don't hear audibly from god right yeah like that type of specific uh instruction now you do get um like the wisdom of god does inform the way that you live but that's kind of like what i was saying before the book of proverbs if if you just were to subscribe to a podcast and that book of proverbs or the, that podcast was just like every episode was just one chapter from the book of proverbs i, I wouldn't consider that a a mentoring relationship mm -hmm. uh, and i would say that while i do believe that god interacts with us and affects our minds um, and our mindsets through the way that we live, 
I don't know if I would call it a mentorship relationship. Right. Um, now, if I okay for someone, you know, the question would be like, if someone's looking for an intern, what 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 should they look for for an, an intern? intern? No, FYI, mentorship. Sorry. Well, because I think that goes both ways. Like right. a mentor who says, "I feel like I have a lot to offer, and I'm looking for a," is it mentee? Is that a word? Jamie. Um. Well, what's what would intern be communicating? In T. Right. <laughs> Something no. just doesn't feel right about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not. Menti makes sense. Uh, okay, but an intern. When I think of intern, I think of like a college program. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. So I'm just. I just don't know what intern like actually communicates. But mm. um, yeah. So you say menti, I guess. Yeah, menti. Manatee. Manatee. Or <laughs> disciple. I'll just do that. Padawan. Pretty uh, good. Yeah, youngling. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, so X your question again. So what if I was looking for a mentor, what if anyone's looking for a mentor, what would you say like these are the things you would want to look for at, for a mentor? Local. Local. I think as much as possible someone whose life already intersects a decent amount with your life. Like they go to your church or maybe you work with them, mm-hmm. you know, that can be helpful. This is perhaps a given, but they are Christian. Yeah, you know, my, my, you know. A personal Tony Robbins, I mean, you may <laughs> feel like you're getting some benefit of it, but if it's not rooted in, you know, the Christian faith, I mean, it really is it. Yeah. yeah, but it would... Uh, sorry, can I... Yeah, go ahead. Well, so, because I also think it depends on what you're trying to do. Like, mm. what are you trying to learn? Because I think if it's just life, then, you know, someone who's a Christian makes sense but let's say you want to the learn stock market the stock market or welding or something you know i was just gonna mm-hmm. say like a vocation then uh i mean if you can get both it's a christian and a welder then perfect but if you <clears throat> can't you know it just depends on what you depends want to I... learn that's what you kind of have to look at you know if, if it's just a general thing um i i would i think what you guys said is right and also i would include uh their availability yeah um, I, if someone's retired, that's huge. I think I think that's a, actually a good step. I think both for the mentor and the mentee, retirement for like, the mentee has to be retired. No, no, but like if your mentor <laughs> is retired, it's like, well, you should have some time, right? If you're retired, you have time to mentor someone. Mm-hmm. And I think for for mentors, like you know, you don't want to go insane doing nothing. Mm. Well, that's that's something Vody Bakken will say about like. Uh, like, man, there's all these guys that they just want to retire and then do nothing. And it's Play like, golf. dude, you're as wise as you're ever going to be. And you're just going to take yourself out of the game. Like so many of these young men in our churches could really benefit from your, you know, maybe it's like your business acumen or maybe maybe you're a great husband and like a, a great father. And so it's like there are definitely men, let's say that you're 65, there are definitely like 35-year-old 25 year old men in the church who would benefit a lot from someone who's already run the majority of their race you know Hmm. and i i here's the thing i've had a mentor relationship with someone who was retired before and it still wound up not being a good fit because i didn't i didn't respect the person's theology okay um they were uh off on some things that i thought you know these are not crucial issues these things don't make them uh you know a heretic or anything like that but it's just it showed me that like there's i we're probably 
if if we don't see eye to eye on this, usually that's a sign that there's a difference a little bit further down, closer to the foundation. That's going to mean that we're not going to match up on some other things, and so that relation just kind of fizzled out. So, <clears throat> so finding someone that checks all the boxes that they would need to is can be tough, you know. So let's just say like, um, let's say like. A thirty-year-old came up to you guys and say like, "Oh, would you a guys?" Thirty-year-old. Yeah, thirty-year-old came up to you like, "Hey, can you mentor me?" Would like, would you guys say, "Would How you mentor you? him?" I am twenty-seven. Okay. So would you like mentor him, or like, oh, would you want to like if it all on like a nineteen? Or, like, does age matter for you guys? If someone came up to you, and said, "Hey, can you like a nineteen-year-old or a thirty-year-old came up to you and said someone that's like, oh, that's say a nineteen-year-old and someone that's older than you, Clinton, mm. like thirty-year-old." Yeah. yeah. You know, I really think, um, and you know, this isn't the same with every case, but I mean, I think there's even, you know, someone like Travis is just a few years older than me, different stage of life completely. He's been married, I believe, longer than I have by a few years, but also, you know, is in the stage of a newborn. I think mm -hmm. there's so much that I could glean from him. But also, if you think about it, too, um, you could be dealing with Christians that are at different levels within yeah, their um, own maturity. I mean, there's people that are younger than me who have been Christians far longer than mm -hmm. me. I've only been a Christian now for less than 10 years mm -hmm. as yeah. I found my faith uh, when I was 18. So, um, you know, I still think there's a lot that you can glean from someone even like me where maybe someone's 25 years old, but they've grown up their entire life in the church. They grew up going to youth group consistently. Maybe their dad's a pastor. Um, they may have, you know, years and years of uh, wisdom, I feel like, that mm. I may not have that I'm still catching up on. So that makes me think of, like, Daniel Staten. So he just turned 33. And then, do you know, would you know who I'm talking about if I tell this story? There is a man who is probably, like, upper 50s, and uh, he's but he's only been a Christian a couple years, or a few years. And they went on a road trip together. They drove to Vermont. You know who I'm talking about? I think so. Um, and it's like on this trip, this guy is like talking to Daniel. He's just asking all these questions and like these great like fundamental uh, Christian questions about like, uh, you know, sh how a church should be structured or, you know, this doctrine, like the doctrine of um, election or whatever. And, and it's like, how long does it take you to drive to Vermont? <laughs> like what's that? 20 hours of driving 20. probably? Yep. Um, so it's like 20 hours there and 20 hours back. So that, like, we don't have, um, we don't have like the rabbi where you're, you're walking down the street or whatever, but I mean, dude, how cool would it be to like have a trucker mentor and then like you just get in the truck with them and drive cross country and like they yeah. just tell you stories about, uh, you know, things that have gone wrong in their lives and, and how the Lord addressed it and how, what they've learned through it. And you just kind of, you know, glean from that. But anyway, that that's the case of, uh, you know, someone who's older, but younger in the faith. So I, I think kind of goes back to what Eric was saying. Like if someone came up to me and asked me to mentor them on, like, let's say there's a 50 year old and they're, uh, they want to learn how to lift weights or they want to learn how to, uh, you know, study their Bible. Uh, I, I could, I would feel confident doing that. Uh, and I don't think that a mentor necessarily has to be someone who's like a jack of all trades, like very generalized, you know, is coaching you on all aspects of your life. Um, but usually you'd call someone a different name, I feel like, like a personal trainer or a uh, coach, like a life coach. Well, I guess life coach is mm. kind of like a mentor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Welding coach <laughs> uh, or stock market advice. Well, you, you could financial advisor. Advisor. Financial yeah. advisor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you could just um, use it, an adjective to and attach it to mentor mentory yeah no what i meant like is like a welder <clears throat> mentor a trucking okay. mentor yeah uh, apprentice how did we not come up with the word apprentice, apprentice. Before? I have no idea. that's yeah. like the perfect word for it mm. uh speaking of donald trump that's, that's, <laughs> 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 uh, 
There's a whole show on that. <laughs> oh man. Um. Okay. So. I mean, is that is that an okay thing to say that mentorship doesn't necessarily have to be like a every aspect of your life type of thing? Uh, it, no, I don't think it does have to. Mm. I got uh, another question would be so would you say mentoring you have like for pastors or teaching false teachings and stuff? Would you say mentor it would be in the same? That you have to be just as careful as like pre uh, pastoring mm. like when you mentor somebody you have to be just as careful. Would you say? I, I would always say you need to be as careful as you can be. Why? You know, there's yeah. never, it's like, even as a teacher, it's not like, ah, oh, yeah, you're just a teacher, so be careless. Why? You know, Why? you always want to be as careful as you can be. Uh, I, if you're asking, like, who's going to be held more accountable, I, I mean, I think everyone's just held accountable for how they managed the work that they were given to do, you know? So I, I get that, like, what is it, James 3 1 that says, uh, hey, not all you guys should be out there trying to become pastors, trying to become mm -hmm. masters, mentors, uh, because those who teach are going to be held. What's what's the specific held wording? To a higher Pretty much, standard. Standard. yeah, standard. like held judge, to a higher standard, ju judge more severely. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like okay, I think that goes for all teachers, you know, mm. uh, and and specifically. Like I would say someone who's teaching spiritual principles is going to be held to a higher standard than someone who's teaching welding if they get careless about it. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm not going to say, oh yeah, you're just a welder. So like, goof off and whatever. Right. Um, yeah, you could get burned doing <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't think one's necessarily more important than, well, it, it's a weird question. Like, I think everyone should be as careful and as, you know, what, try to strive for excellency in what they do to the same degree. Well, and I would say they're just different categories of things because there is a practical importance in knowing how to weld. Like you said, mm -hmm. you can, I mean, you can probably kill somebody or something. Um, but with, with like, if you're just teaching about discipling someone, just trying to show them the Christian life, like that has to do with the fundamental things of life period you know so it has this higher importance in a sense mm. it doesn't excuse anybody like you said mm -hmm. from slacking off and mentoring someone how to drive a car or something like that mm. but it's just like they're just different categories mm. of what you're learning there so uh, one i would say it's more of a practical thing mm. like if you taught me how to drive and it was terrible and then i go drive and i get in an accident like you hold you hold some responsibility there now is that like Hell, heaven or hell kind of a judgment now mm. but it's it's just the the practical similarity there to discipling mm. if you disciple someone wrong you know you can have some responsibility to that it's just now the consequences of it mm. as i think james is alluding is that it's it's more severe because mm -hmm. you're dealing with something that's again more important than um fundamental almost uh so what have been some negative experiences that maybe we've had or like what what would that what would it look like for that to go wrong to varying degrees like where it either just fizzles out or where it's just this massive disappointment um where it's like you feel like it did more harm than good you know, without, I mean, not talking about, like, abusive or anything like that, but just, like, where something is very... But that is also a good point. People do yeah. get abused uh, yeah. sometimes. Uh, that's Grooming, you know, in mm. the legitimate use of that term. It's like there are people yeah. who 
they put themselves out there to be uh, like a seen as an authoritative figure specifically so they can prey on people. But I'm not yeah. even I'm not necessarily talking about to no. that degree, but it's just like because yeah. I know we've had uh, less than ideal uh, <laughs> mentorship experiences. So what's that like? like? You. Oh, this, this, when someone's like, I'm gonna be a mentor. Like, I felt like this would be a bit flag. It's like, oh, you have to pay me. Like that. That seems like a bit of a. It it depends yeah. on what it's for. Like yeah. if if you're paying for their, you know, like, like, like welding coaching. Right. It's like that's that's just a teacher. Coach. You know, a life coach. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I have mixed feelings about the term life coach. Right. Because it's like, what you're gonna tell me how to do everything? Like yeah. you're gonna tell me how to you know what my morning routine should be and how i should parent my kids and how i should yeah. you know try to make money and it's like that i i feel like a life coach should either be ideally like a parent or a pastor mm -hmm. or even just like friends mm -hmm. like if you have friends that like i i feel like i have so many friends that are a blessing to my life in so many ways because they're strong in certain areas that i can be like oh man check out the way that he does that like i think i man, I, I hear that he does this in the morning and I think I do want to start implementing that. Um, and you just kind of better yourself through your relationships. Uh, parents, if, if I know not everybody's blessed with this, but like parents are the, the OG life coaches for, mm -hmm, yeah. for almost everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to have to pay, but I don't, I don't know that I would call someone that a mentor. Mm. Is that, would that just, how do you guys feel if about you that? Pay? Yeah, if someone says I charge for my services, would you still feel comfortable calling them your mentor? Yeah, because um, if their mentoring is reliant upon, like you know, I mean, how are you gonna take all that time off to do this if mm. there is no? Or like how a pastor says, yeah. you know, I need the ox is worthy, yeah. you know, of the. You not, not have to pay them money, but you gotta help sustain them if if mm. they're offering that service. Uh, but maybe they're you know they don't have to do that and so mm. that's not necessary but it could well, that's be what i mean fly. is that the pastor lives off the generosity yeah. of the congregation yeah so it's just it kind of you know kind of depends okay. um if if somebody is pretending to need the uh the help of mm. those they're mentoring and you find out you know they own a bmw and they got a nice house and everything it's like mm. what what why do you need all this money um if it's but if it's like, hey, the only way that I'm able to provide a service to you is if, to some degree, you're helping me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? It's like, you know, because like you look at Paul, for instance, he did, I don't know if the right interpretation is a tent maker. Or he worked mm -hmm. with leather, but he could provide some up for himself. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, life was a little different then or a lot different. Um, so I, I don't think that's just a red flag. Right? Well, and he does say like he specifically says, look. I could have demanded yeah, a gift from you. That exactly. would not have been out of line for me mm -hmm. to to ask for payment, but I have left that off the table specifically so that I could show you an example of uh, like self reliance. Or I don't I don't know specifically how he words it, but like yeah. so, and and so that I you wouldn't be able to accuse me of taking advantage of you, basically. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's like uh, okay, maybe you're softening me up to it, where it's like okay, I could still call that person a mentor, but dealing as i do mostly with minors and or even oh. people who aren't minors but like these boys that'll come to work out where they're like 18 19 20 years old it's like man i would not feel comfortable saying right. like if you want to come work out in my garage and talk about life and theology 
you know, it's 20 bucks a month yeah. or what, whatever. Yeah. And I, I have thought in the past, like, okay, how many years have I been doing this? Mm-hmm. And if everyone had just pitched in like 10 bucks a month or something, like, where would I be right now? Like if, if you and Miguel and David and these boys, like, I wonder where I would be, but it's like, it's not, to me, it's not worth it because one, if I had charged $10 a month, probably a lot fewer people would have done it. Mm. And I love today was chaos in there, but I loved <laughs> it. You know, it's like, these are my, my friends. These are people that God has put in my life. And like, I, we had 12 guys in there today, which is very high. That's, that's a lot higher than what it typically is. But it's like, you know, I have these boys that I've been blessed to teach. And then like my pursuit people over here and like, even just friends from the church coming over and, uh, like it, it was, it was great to have so many of those people just show up. So I, and again, because I deal chiefly with younger people, I don't feel like I can really charge people. I mean, mm-hmm. I do charge people for the fact that I teach them mm-hmm. for my job. So, okay. <laughs> um, so. Well, to my question, back to your question was like bad, like negative. negative yeah, yeah. Like what, what is it? How has that gone negatively, or or how might that go negatively, or Eric? <laughs> uh, how has that gone negatively? Uh, you know, I've I've uh, you know in college, so yeah, in college there were teachers that just because of the size of the college you can um, really reach out to and, and learn from, and then I had to do an internship, so I had a, a mentor there, the pastor of a Pentecostal church, and then at uh, another church uh, there was like several interactions and so I've had years of that and um, you know a lot of it was good but some of it some of the negative stuff I think you already alluded to it's like if you don't agree theologically mm. I, I don't see how it's gonna mm. go well mm-hmm. like it, it, there's gonna be a limit and that that happened with a lot of those those guys that mentored me um, another another thing that was just negative was the lack of consistency mm-hmm. when you don't have that that consistency it's like you know i mean it's anything mm-hmm. talk about working out you work out like i work out you're not going to get anything <laughs> um which is something that hey you're starting to aren't you trying to be more consistent now yeah 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 because um, you you don't want to owe david su- sushi these two uh, have a bet on who's going to make the yeah, most yeah. progress with their wow. physique well, I, 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 it's not, that's not my motivation. I don't care if I have to pay for sushi. I just, I, I do, I do appreciate this about David is that he makes it fun. Um, but it's like, you know, I want to just get healthier, mm. especially as you get older. It gets, sure. it's kind of ironic. Uh, you can probably do less, but it gets more important. Um, mm. but anyways, uh, consistency is just something that I experienced, um, in a negative way. Like it just mm. was not, um, consistent enough. And so, you know, for me, it it uh, it just was like hard because you want more, you can't get any more, um, and it's like you just feel like it's a it's a waste of time. Yeah. Um, and I had an experience where my mentor, who we met for before we even started uh, the the mentorship, we were meeting uh, just for counseling purposes. But we started; he's the one who offered the mentoring. And we met for at least a year. I don't remember exactly how long. It was over a year. Is this one thing enough? Yeah. Okay. And he, uh, I, I uh, recognized that there were times where, because we had a meet uh, at the at the church that we were both attending at the time, and there were times where I would show up and he wasn't there, and I was like, 
you know what I don't know what happened and I and, and like no text him. no 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 well, he admitted like he's like oh I, I completely forgot mm. I was like oh, okay multiple times yeah that happened multiple times oh, one time yeah. he was already and he lived far so he was already on his way home so there was no point uh -huh. and there was another time I uh, like I you weren't there and so he was on his way home no I was there or you showed up he yeah and I, he was on his way home from somewhere else from he left the church oh wow yeah so okay. what, how it would yeah. work is that he would stay because he already had yeah. to do something and he would just stay and wait for me as i mm. met at this agreed time so i would show up and i would go to where I th he we would usually meet he's not there i'm like mm, you know i'm kind of looking mm -hmm. around and then i end up calling him when he left it was another time where that same thing happened and so i like i called right away <laughs> so i'm like hey i think and he and i caught him right at, mm. the, at the right time and we were able to meet like at uh five guys that's around there um so it happened uh, i think it happened again another time but it happened enough where yeah, i'm like okay that's... sometimes it's not like most of the time it's good but sometimes that happened yeah. and so one time i reached out to him saying that i wasn't feeling well this was several hours before we were supposed to meet and i'm like I, I just don't feel well and i was like can we meet some other day in the week because i like yeah and he uh responded sometime after uh telling me that he wasn't even in town so oh. I, was, I was like, I'm going to show up and you're not, not going to be there. Yeah. Uh, so what ended up happening is that it was that at that moment that I was like, because he said, you know, I'm going to get back in town. We'll, we'll try to meet up wherever. And so I just I made a bet with myself. I was like, if I don't um, follow up with him, he's just going to completely forget about it. And sure enough, that's what happened. That's why it ended. Yeah. It's just he forgot. Yeah, about that's it. tough for a couple of reasons. One, because it's like. If if that de if it consistently falls through like that, then you're receiving the message that this is not a priority for that person. Right, right. right and right. that hurts. Yeah. And then the other thing is, kind of like what you were saying, um, is okay. I can't do today, but how about yeah Friday or you know like you you offer a a follow up. Uh, I was actually talking to David about this earlier, or no, I guess uh, last week. Um, have you ever heard of the Brad Pitt rule? with like dating where it's oh, like no, if no. if you ask a girl out and she says no like no i have to do whatever okay and then it's like you know just accept it but then later on ask yourself okay if it had been brad pitt asking her out or whoever the current sexy person is it's like would would she still have said no like would would she have said uh like i have to drive my mom to the airport but like, hey, let me actually get her an Uber so that I can go on this date with date with you. Or if it's like, oh, it's my aunt's funeral. Like, okay, so I can't do this Friday night, but I'm free next Friday night. And it's like you you offer a follow up. So it's like you learn a lot about people's enthusiasm for wanting to do something based huh. on how they respond to stuff like that. So it's like, yeah. you know, if if someone says, oh no, I can't do it, and then they just leave you hanging, it's like. All right. Well, then you're yeah you're you're receiving this message that like this is not a priority. So how am I supposed to feel about being mentored by someone who doesn't prioritize yeah. my discipleship? Yeah. And not not like oh I'm the center of the world. They need to make their whole schedule work around me. But dude, like once or twice is one thing, but that sounded like it was more than once or twice. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was like you know, and I'm I'm pretty like chill about it you know like, may, okay, may i should... ask how frequently was this was this an every week thing every week okay so it was, it was supposed to be a once a week thing i believe it was mondays okay mm -hmm. yeah okay and now you got a different standing monday appointment, <laughs> right. appointment. Right. 
Um, yes. Always here, baby. The better one. <laughs> Helps that I live here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that, the, so I was like pretty chill about it because, and I, I would try to, I mean, any pastor mentor, I always try to communicate like I'm super grateful to even took out the time because this is, you know, it is your time, especially if I know they have a family or whatever. It's like, thank you. Uh, so I was like, that's why I wanted to like, Hey, um, I, I'm not feeling good today. Can we do it another day? I don't want to miss a week. You know, I wrote that yeah, out to him. Like yeah. I want to communicate. I really, and, uh, you know, I was putting in the effort and mm -hmm. I wouldn't say like he wasn't, it's just every now and again, it's just for some reason this time, um, I just could, I could feel like he, he, he was not going to follow up and he, sure enough, he forgot about it. We saw each other several months after the fact and he said hello and i said hello and i almost felt and that like that was it well like, i almost felt no like acknowledging he, well yeah i almost felt like he might have wanted to oh but he didn't huh. uh i said hey how you doing and he's like good how are you and I'm like good mm. and, I, and i didn't try so to this was it before it had been formally ended it just it, you just both kind of allowed it to fizzle, fizzle out yeah. uh it it never formally ended it, okay. it, no one ever said hey this is this over. Isn't, it's not you. It's me. <laughs> yeah. It was more like, um, you know, you said you were going to follow up with me. I'm going to leave that to you uh, because I've always showed up or I've always let you know beforehand, if anything. And, you know, you've been the one that's been forgetting. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's like you said you're going to do this. So I'm going to wait on you. I just made a mental bet that if I don't follow up, if I don't remind, if I'm not chasing him, mm. He's not going to remember. And that's exactly what happened. So this mm -hmm. was several months after the fact that we hadn't met. And um, and I know some things happened to him, but there was like no communication. Yeah. I know like he, I think he broke a collarbone or whatever. And it's like, um, you know, I, he, he sent out a, a group message um, email. And it's like, I, I would like to know how you're doing. You're my mentor. Like, how can I pray for you and everything like that? But it wasn't just me because there was like a ministry that he helped me get involved with that was kind of his plan master plan for the church and um the people in in that group even really didn't hear from him yeah and it's like uh so yeah i was just like i don't know um what's going on but I, but i would say that that was pretty symptomatic symptomatic of the church mm. at, at least at that time um because even then uh there were you know i would meet before I, he decided to be my mentor I'd meet with the, the associate pastor frequently, um, the head pastor, not, not so much. Um, and like, it, I don't know, it was just a mess. It was just never worked. It would never stay consistent. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it, it was frustrating. And I, I would even hear how, uh, if I didn't go on a Sunday, I remember, uh, our mutual friend, um, Sam was there and, uh, name dropping. I don't think he's super offended. <laughs> but a pastor, he doesn't listen. <laughs> a pastor had told him and asked about me, mm. and he was like, "Oh, I, I don't forgot what he said." But he, but the pastor was like, "Oh, well, I'm, I'm gonna have to give him a call then." And he gave me a call like that. Mm. It was always like, "Oh yeah," but never like mm. you have to chase it. And I'm like, yeah. "That's just never gonna work, especially if you're a pastor, a mentor, mm -hmm. or whatever. Like you have to set the example. You have to set the tone." And I don't think the tones were ever right. Yeah, I I will say, um, and and I'm I'm with you on that. Like I I uh, we've both been through that gamut together and separately at times. Um, but so I was told, uh, 
one of our elders was saying, like, a guy came up to me after church one Sunday, like, first Sunday at the church. He's like, yeah. I need to talk to the pastor. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm an elder here. Like, is there anything I can... No, I need to talk to the pastor. And it's like, dude, you and everybody else, right? Like, everybody, yeah. everybody's asking, if this guy just preached a sermon, three services, like, 700 people heard that, and now, like, 50 oh, yeah, people yeah. got something to say about it. It's mm -hmm. like, dude, uh, it... Not everybody. I, I I would say if if someone is a pastor or if someone is a like a teacher or let's say just, they just have a full time job, mm -hmm. I think you probably need to limit yourself to like two, maybe three mentorship relationships, like it, right, where right. you're mentoring people because you don't like uh, they, these people will say so. That, I, I know of pastors that like they also do marital counseling, mm. and so it's like if there's a married couple in the church, they're like oh you know, we, we need marriage counseling. And it's like, okay, well, we can refer you to that. No, hey, this is my church. I feel like I should be able to get one of my... Okay, well, what you don't know is like these pastors, they already have three couples each that they're all trying to like help them to salvage their marriages. And uh, it's like, I get it. I, th I think that um, pastors should be very available to their people. I think that, that would that's like one of the things that many American churches get wrong is that pastors are doing a lot of things that aren't necessarily pastoral that like maybe the church should be employing other people or just have like a strong uh, team of deacons to handle a lot of those things um, so that they can give themselves over to the shepherding of the flock. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, I, I do get it where demands on your time get really big. Cause if you're, if you're, let's say that you're counseling with someone an hour and a half once a week, that 90 minutes mm -hmm. is not the only time that they're dedicating right. to your marriage or your issue or your mentorship like they're yeah. also having to process things and and mm -hmm. you know think about like okay what are we going to talk about this coming week there's probably another 90 minutes throughout the week that they're thinking about it um so okay that's three hours and i'm putting together a class and a sermon and there's three hours for these three couples so that's nine hours and it's like okay that it just adds up really really quickly right but you see the irony and this is a specific instance right this is what, what really frustrated me about that in that church and in, in that environment was like you know how you can help yourself is if you mentor people to do this yeah thing. exactly that's true and that's, that's what that's i was good, like trying and, to push. and i will say like not not to sound like a princess but it's like i think that specifically if you're a pastor and you have young men in your church who are trying to become pastors like they're they've gone to school for ministry they've gone to seminary they've or they've you know it's not like they're and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but like, yeah. oh, I'm 17. I think God's calling me into ministry. So like right. now give me five hours of your week. Every... No, it's like, this is a kid who's, this is someone who's gone. They've done the Bible right. college thing and they're looking to now be, for lack of a better term, groomed for ministry, yeah. you know, in, in the good way, like to be, to be prepared for ministry by this specific pastor. It's like, I think that though, I mean, maybe you guys correct me if, if you think I'm speaking like misspeaking here, but I think that if I was a pastor, those are the people who I would feel the greatest uh, responsibility for prioritizing their growing for mentoring them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you think? I'm kind of rewinding a little bit back to what you were saying earlier, Travis, about having you know each pastor maybe two to three uh, mentorship relationships that they're you know pouring into. What do you think about? Um, kind of the, you know, upward mentorship. So should people like, uh, you know, like our head pastor, should he be 
be actively seeking mentorship as well because i'm i'm mm. a big proponent of like mm. you know an onion essentially of like different layers of mentorship mm. like i like an I, ogre yeah the oh yeah <laughs> or a parfait yeah but just um really seeking people that are or seeking mentorship opportunities where it's like okay you know i'm pouring into the next generation which i think something that's all we should desire to you know pour into the next generation of believers people um who aren't currently at our uh you know level in faith or whatever you would want to call it but not on my level um, <laughs> he's a level um, two christian <laughs> I'm a level seven what is it scientology that does the levels too oh heck yeah, yeah. Oh, well, love scientology it. catholicism just most <laughs> most things that most organized religions have a tier system yeah but like that. for a head pastor like do you think that should be something that they should be required to like some sort of accountability where it's you know more frequent but i mean of course um, there's already a very high demand on on pastors so. yeah I, I think that that's actually one place where a robust team of elders mm-hmm. comes in so like uh you know, our pastor is on a team of elders, and some of those elders, well, I think actually right now only one of those elders is older than uh, him, and he's actually been with the church for longer than our pastor. Uh, and so it's like, okay, in having, and I think there's, are there six elders right now? Six or seven. So it's like a small enough group, and they meet every week. And so they meet often enough for it to be meaningful. And granted, it's not that one-on-one type mm-hmm. of thing. But it's like, okay, I, I feel like that can go a long way as a pastor to make sure that you're not uh, just living inside your own head sure. all week where it's like, okay, here's what I think the direction of the church should be. Here's how I think the church needs to change. This ministry needs to change. It's like, okay, you're getting, you're getting a lot of feedback, which, like I said, I think is one of the main things is, you know, personal, individualized feedback. Mm. My question would be, um, what would you do if you're mentoring someone and you guys had disagreed on something? Like, for instance, like, one person believed, like, drinking wasn't a sin, and one person believed that drinking was a sin. I feel like that would be kind of headbutting. And so what would you do? Like, would you, how would you resolve that? Yeah, I, I feel like mentor-mentee relationship is so intimate that you really have to be very closely aligned with the person. Right. Uh, but I don't, what do you guys... How how would you respond? I mean, but I agree with you. I think it creates an impractic, impracticality. Impracticality. I was trying to go for the ability. Yeah, but what like what would you do in that situation? So, I mean, you'd out. have I'd have several talks. Like, how long have I been a mentor? Also, with this person. Wait, are you the mentor or the mentee? Okay, I or thought it mentor. was a mentor. Am I the mentor or the mentee? Uh, let's let's do both. Yeah, I, I guess there's overlap. Um, it depends on how long we've been doing this, because I might give it more time to see yeah. if something works out. Uh, but if it just doesn't work out, then it just this has to end. I think you have to yeah. be honest about it. I I think that's another that's a cool part of being a mentor is you get to say, oh wait, you really you really believe that? Like, have you done your research on that? And then yeah, I feel like I've done a good amount of research this led me to this conclusion it's like okay well how about this how about if next time we meet we both come like having done some real digging we come with some source material and we talk through it and yeah i think eric's right like it depends on how long you've been acquainted with a person because I, so I'll, I'll use my own example i was in a mentor mentee relationship with this guy uh for probably like six months but we only met like once a month you know so i think that comes out to six times that we met if i'm doing my math right uh and then 
um, our theological difference came out. And it wasn't something that was huge, um, but he believed that women could be pastors, and I don't stand there. And uh, it's like, it also had, so he came from the, I think it's the CRC church, Christian. Christian Reformed Church. Oh, I've never heard of Christian Reformed yeah. Church. It's, I think they're pretty big up north, um, like Great Lakes uh, area. But anyway, so I, I asked him about it, and he, you know, so, but we never had a session where we kind of talked through it. Now, we did meet a couple times after that, but I found myself, whenever we would talk, it's like I, I was just kind of, and maybe this was bad on my part, where I was almost like looking for chinks in his armor, like looking for... Like, oh, well, where else might we not really see eye to eye? Because let's be honest, that specific issue, it's not like that's going to have a huge impact on the type of content that we were going over of, um, you know, the, the type of things that we would be talking about on a week to week basis. But I mean, it was a strained relationship as well. And then he had a very, not, not like, you know, hostility or anything, but it was just, it was so infrequent, like that was the thing that we all said at the very beginning of this is consistency. Mm -hmm. Consistency is like the main thing because if you don't show up or you, you find out that your relationship's not really a priority for the person, it, it can really hurt. Um, but he took a very long out of state trip to see family. Uh, I think he, but it was like totally legitimate reason. He was, I think he had just had another grandson. I mean, his daughter had, how you know whatever parts that but it's like so he went out of town and i think i use that as the excuse not to reignite things whenever like when it, whenever he came back i'd see him at church and hey you know good to see you type of thing but neither of us were really asking right. and i don't know if this is i mean it's a different guy than the guy that you're um talking about but it was kind of the same feeling where it's like we never formally said we're no longer gonna be meeting but <laughs> just neither of our hearts were in it, you know, which is a shame um, because I don't feel like I've ever had, man, am I, am I comfortable saying this? Like, I don't know that I've ever had someone in my life that I would say this person is my mentor. You know, I've had professors that I super well looked up to, but it's like, I was just part of their class and we would have one-on-one -on -one conversations and some of those were very beneficial but it was not like, okay, me and Professor whatever, I almost said Professor X, uh, are going to are gonna meet, you know, every, yeah. The milk, the milk is kind of expired. Sorry, yeah. Uh, David had milk. That's his milk? kryptonite. Wait, he had milk, boiled eggs, and cheese. <laughs> and he's, A he's, recipe for gastrointestinal like distress. He is. He's no, like Tessin Dollar, and he's like, I'll have milk and cheese because I am smart. You know, at least he's trying to pronounce it herbs de Provence. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, it's like, man, I'm, I'm thinking of this. I've, I don't think I've ever had a relationship like that. And, you know, I feel like there's a lot of things that have kind of filled in the gaps, mm -hmm. like professors, pastors, friends, you know, like I, I have great friendship relationships with people that I consider my peers, that it's like, we're, we're all kind of speaking wisdom into each other's lives. Um, but I don't, I've never had someone that I think I would consider my mentor mm. that I think it was a good relationship. I think it was because just that one guy mm. would have like, that's the only guy that I can ever think of where it's like, have you ever had a mentor? 
Um, and the, the only other example I can come up with is when I was 19, some church decided it was a good idea to put me in charge of their youth ministry and hire me on when I was 19, which was really dumb of them. Uh, but, you know, you learn lessons regardless of whether it was a good decision. And then the pastor of that church, I actually spent a lot of time with him. Uh, I would stay over with him and his wife. Like, I would sleep over at their house sometimes because they were in Titusville and I was living in Kissimmee. Uh, and, like, we would go, we would drive places to, like, visit church members who were sick. Or we would, we had a ministry where we would go to this uh, old folks home and, like, do a church service for them there. Or a service for them there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's like, other than that, I don't think I really have a mentor relationship to speak of. Mm. And I turned out all right. Right? <laughs> right? I, I, I don't think it's, like, a necessary thing mm. that you have a mentor, um, you know, to try to survive this world but it's definitely beneficial greatly beneficial yeah but like i haven't had like like i was just saying like i haven't had uh, the best experience with mentors either mm -hmm. so it's like um but i i also try to look at it now as not like okay so it failed or whatever but mm. i think even through the failure you learn things right so yeah. um gosh yeah that that's definitely true it's like uh, what we were saying at the beginning of, you know, you're an effective mentor, but you're teaching that like your Emperor Palpatine or yeah. Ted Bundy <laughs> or whatever. But it's like, OK, uh, the person who's under you is learning something. Mm -hmm. So I had another. Kind, so I had an internship when I was finishing up my college career mm -hmm. and uh, it was I had already theologically divorced myself from the the type of theology of the school that I was going to graduate from, which is awesome. Uh, so I was just surrounded by people. And I, I tried, I really tried to alienate myself, or not to, to isolate myself because I didn't want, it's like, oh, that person was seen with Travis and like, we better make sure that they're not going astray or whatever. And there's, there was just so much to that last couple years of my time in fundamentalism that was, uh, that was tough. But so I had an internship and it was with a pastor um, that was a pretty, I don't want to say a big deal, but like he was a pretty big deal in that um, association. And so I spent, I don't know how many, like, I think it was just like two or three days a week for a few months. Um, and it, I was mostly shadowing him. So I was, you know, I I do like little errands and making copies of things like that, but he didn't make me do a ton of that. It was mostly like... Um, we would go also like visit church members or whatever to get, it was a different pastor. Um, and man, I remember I, I learned a lot from that internship, but not in a good way. Uh, mm. I, I remember, and I actually tell this story to my students. Mm. Now I remember, um, there was a man that we were visiting. He had, uh, a daughter that went to this pastor's church. And so the daughter had called him, uh, called up the pastor and said, you know, my dad is about to go into this surgery and like, it's, it's pretty serious. Like there's a, you know, something where it's like an 85% survival rate, but it's like, that's a big enough, like that 15% is big enough to really make you sweat and, mm -hmm. and, uh, or not survival of the surgery necessary, but of the thing that he was going through mm -hmm. anyway, but he's about to have this really big surgery. And she's like, I need you to come talk to my dad about like salvation about, you know, um, 
however they would have said it, like ask, praying and asking Jesus into his heart, whatever. And I'm not trying to straw man the argument or anything. Anyway, so I went to the hospital with him. And dude, like, I'm, I'm not saying the guy's name, but I will go ahead and say what happened. Like, uh, we met with the family outside the, the hotel room, outside the hospital mm -hmm. room. And then it's like, you know, everybody's kind of in the hospital room. And then the family leaves and the pastor's like, hey, my, uh, you know, your daughter asked me to, um, your daughter asked me to talk to you because they're concerned for you. And, um, you know, that you've never made the decision to, uh, you know, commit yourself to the Lord or ask Jesus into your heart. Or I don't remember the specifics of how he said it. And the guy was like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't like... I, I'm scared. I'm scared going in, into this, um, but that's not something that's, uh, like, basically, he, he was very, like, n nonchalant about it, like, about the whole Jesus-y, churchy part of it, so he, he was very dismissive of it, and the preacher almost was like, well, it would sure make your family feel a lot better if you would, you know... Again, I, I don't remember the exact verbiage, but the way that I've always heard this in shorthand is like if, if you were to, you know, pray and ask Jesus in your heart just so you would be sure that if you were to die that you'd see Jesus when you die and that you uh, wouldn't be eternally separated. And it's like the guy basically went through the motions to placate his daughter because he didn't want his daughter to be upset. And it's like Finn. OK, so he goes through the motions and everything. And dude, the pastor and, and I'm with him and I'm like so I'm like scorching my conscience through this whole thing because it's like dude I feel like I gotta just like say screw it to the college degree like just just accept the fact that I'm not gonna get the degree and leave and and I I, I don't know where I would go and I I graduated and I still didn't know where I would go and that's how I wound up at CCC which has been a huge blessing but it's like the pastor walks out of the room and is like we can all be you know rest assured and like hey praise the lord you know there's another soul written down in the lamb's book of life today and like just telling the family that this guy has that he's now a christian and that hey if something bad and so it's like okay he was not technically a mentor but it's an internship relationship and even though he didn't think he was teaching me i learned a lesson that day and it's like i i will probably never forget the that's one of the most uncomfortable times i've ever been in my life and I was just thinking, like, man, I, I might have to just say screw it to my whole four years of college and just throw it all away. Um, and that's the most important story of my entire life. Oh, hi, David. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not the most important, but it's like, you know, like I was saying, even if he didn't think he was teaching me something, he was teaching me something. Mm -hmm. And it was like, here's what not to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, and... Uh... I did want to mention this, but I almost um, feel like there is an advantage. I'm not saying it's all an advantage, um, but there is an advantage to having gone to a Bible college or a seminary because at the very least, you are being mentored in a sense mm. um, of building like an everyday studying yeah. kind of mentality and you can you can do different types of studies that you wouldn't mm -hmm. and so i kind of and feel... even, like just the dorm life it's like you just talk about well i didn't live on campus well ne but well, i practically did, you, even when i didn't it's yeah. like you're, you're still hanging out at your friends dorms yeah. well you're, you're and, what i liked yeah. about it is like you're always 
in the in word. That, You're yeah. always in that mode. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I always notice that difference between people. Now there are people who go to college and that and there's like no effect or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and they weren't really involved, but if you were really involved in that, um, and you let that mold you, there is this difference. People who go to college and then they're, back in the local church context mm -hmm. yeah. versus someone who's never gone through that. And so that's what I'm saying is advantage, but I'm not trying to say like people never go to college or seminary. They're just, you know, worse off yeah. or whatever. But it's like, I do think that, um, that actually should be an experience for every Christian. I, I think ideally, yeah. You know what I'm going to say? I think that's what church should feel like. No, no. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and I get that it's different because like not everybody's living unless you start a commune. Like not everybody's living together, <laughs> but, uh, it's like, I, I think that that, and honestly, that's how I feel at church on Sunday. It's like, if I'm at church and then I see Taylor, it's like, man, we're definitely going to talk about post-millennialism. And then I, and then I see, uh, you know, just, I, I see different people and it's like, you go over there and you know, you're talking about like, uh, Hey, how did your daughter's play go? Or how did, you know, how, how's the move going or, or, and it's like, everything's just kind of baked with theology. And that's, I love being at church like now i do it because i also have to but it's like i get to the church at 7 30 and i don't leave until like two sometimes and i'm just there all day and i'm like man this is awesome because i get to connect with so many people and it it, it does feel like being back at bible college mm. where it's like you know even if you're just talking about this movie that came out it's like i'm talking to a brother and i know that the conversation is not going to go I'm not going to have to worry about, um, oh, what if they start using this racist language or this, uh, you know, just perverted language. They make a perverted joke. Mm. Um, you know, you just feel like you're, I mean, I was saying this yesterday in the sermon, but it's like, I feel like I'm living in a colony of heaven on earth, mm. you know? Um, so yeah, mm. even if it, that's not necessarily mentorship, it's, it is discipleship, you know? Right, right. Um, yeah, I just going thinking about the conversation and just the, the college experience. And, I, you know, like I agree with you, ideally that's how uh, church should be. Because I think you're just, I don't know, in one sense you're able to go deeper. You better get, like you get more quality mm. out of your time. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think that enough people have that, which mm. is, mm -hmm. you know, it's... I, I guess, I don't know, sad's the word, but it's just kind of uh, regrettable, mm. you know? So uh, I, I think that there ought to be something available in every church for the congregants mm -hmm. to, to experience that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know how that would work because, again, there's, there's, when you're going to college, like we were saying, it's every day. So mm -hmm. how do you... Like you don't, and you don't have a job or some people do like I worked through college, but it's like, yeah, <laughs> but it's like, you know, you're either, you don't have a job. And so it's like, you can do the thing where you stay up really late and just mm. talk because, well, my first class isn't until nine thirty tomorrow. And so even though it's 2am and I'm still at Denny's talking about infralapsarianism versus super, you know, just like these weird concepts. It's like, you have the time to do that. Like, and it would be awesome. I mean, and I feel like that's what this is. You know, that's sure. what Mondays are in the in the uh, the workout, and then also out here, it's like we get to spend a lot of time doing that. But it's not an everyday thing, right? You know, I was just gonna say I feel like uh, the Christian college experience is the same across the board. It's like, yeah, 
been at a Denny's and like, <laughs> yeah. at two in the morning. Yeah. And like shady people are walking in and they're like, I don't know, something might go down, but I'm still going to have this conversation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and that, that was a lot of fun and, and not only fun, it, it was very um, helpful. And mm. it's like, uh, here's where I'm like, you know, this can make more sense. I just don't know why it's not making more sense. But if you have a Christian college, mm. why aren't all Christians going to Christian colleges? <laughs> yeah. Accreditation. Well, and but, the, the like perceived legitimacy, like yeah. it's, it's, it's sad, yeah. but like, uh, I think there is something to say, like, if you look, if you're going to be a lawyer mm-hmm. or if you're going to be a doctor, um, it's, you're probably going to get a higher quality education at a lot of places that are not explicitly Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't mean that yeah. you can't find like a, what is it called? It's, um, a campus outreach, but it's something mm. else. I forget what the name is. Right. It's yeah. not crew. It's not campus outreach. It's like a. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's like an occupational like fraternity or something like that. Yeah. Along that line, yeah. Those lines. Uh, well, what I was saying is like you know make it like an undergraduate experience, and then you know after your two years or whatever, mm-hmm. or would bachelor still count as undergraduate? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Until so, you attain your bachelor's, you're an undergrad. Then maybe like your first two years, you're at a Christian college, and that's as far as it takes you. But at least you have mm-hmm. those two years under your belt. Yeah, like an AA. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. Bless you. Um, yeah, I think that's actually if, not if a that's bad idea. That's the model you have. You know, you're gonna go by. Yeah, I wish. I kind of wish I had done that, because yeah, I, uh, I, I do feel like, man, there's so much shaping of who you're going to be when you're in college Mm. for better or for worse. And even though I disagree with a lot of the theology that I learned and I feel unfortunately alienated and I I know it's not necessarily their fault, but it's like, I feel alienated from a lot of the people that I went to college with. Um, Like there was a guy, I was his best man in his wedding and now we never talk. Like we have not talked since the day I got married. And that was seven years ago. It was a year it was at Sam's house. I guess you were living there. No, you weren't living there at the time, but that's where we were having, I think, the bachelor, bachelor party. party. And he had a, a piece on him. And it fell. His gun fell, fell out of <laughs> his pocket when we were playing ping pong. <laughs> it didn't go off. No. no, it's not that guy. But that's another guy that I went to college with that I'm estranged from. But for that guy, his, he's gone in a bad direction, unfortunately. I feel like your um, life and my life marry each other. So I, was, mm-hmm. I was not in his wedding. Actually chose not to go to his wedding because oh, wow. I was uncomfortable with some things hmm. and that turned out to be a good move. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. But, what was I saying? You're talking about like college. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, so all the, having said all that, I still don't think I would change it. I still don't yeah. think that I would sell those years for the no. money that I spent on them. Um, and, it, like, even regardless of the degree, it's like I benefited from those relationships i learned a lot of things even if it was like learning here's how not to do xyz mm-hmm. uh and it, it was just there were some great road trips and great mm-hmm. like uh you know late nights just hanging out with people that you know like these are your brothers mm-hmm. and sisters so yes, mostly brothers you're not supposed to be in the same dorm with sisters mm-hmm. you know unless you're, you're biologically even... sisters <laughs> and even then you weren't even allowed to. I don't know. To, to... I don't remember the rules. Uh, no, we were allowed to. Sidewalks. We were, yeah. No, that's a different <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, that's a different yeah, college. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we could we yeah. could be. It, no, but if you weren't if you weren't married, if you weren't married, you're never supposed to be alone in a dorm with someone that is of the opposite sex. Oh. So. 
Yeah, well, it's probably good. Oh yeah. Um, like, yeah, we had that room. I think that's a good general principle: just never be alone in a room with a woman that you're not married to, you know, or oh. or blood related to. Right. Yeah. That was so or good. both if it's Alabama, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to the viewers and out or the hearers. Oh, you know what I found out? Uh, we don't have any listeners in all these other countries. Jeff, uh, who, okay, we might, but Jeff said, actually, no, we probably do, but uh, Jeff said, like, over the last couple of weeks, he's been listening to it, and he will he has a VPN changer, so it's like, he'll just uh, be like, oh, now I'm in Beirut, uh, now I'm in... So it's been Jeff the whole time? No, not the whole time, but over <laughs> but the last maybe, few weeks. Maybe or, there were know, other people. Last couple months, months, maybe. Yeah. But we've been doing this for Jeff, almost two years. Change it to... Aruba. Aruba. Is that a country? Yeah, it's a country. Yeah. It's a in a song. That's all I know. Aruba. Southern Jamaica. Yeah. Ooh, I want to take you to Key Largo. Montego. Baby, why don't we go? It's Bermuda. Bahama. Come on, pretty. Wait, hang on, hang on. Or is it, did we start off the wrong I think we started off. I always get those two wrong. Yeah. Bermuda, What comes first? No, no, no. It's not Bermuda, Bahama. Aruba. Wait. Aruba. Jamaica, no, it is Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take you to Bermuda. No, to no, because it's I want to take you down to Kokomo. Yeah, Aruba, come on, pretty Aruba, mama. Wait, Jamaica. Go ahead. Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take you Bermuda, Bahama. Come on, come on pretty, pretty mama. mama. Key Largo, Montego, baby. Why don't we go down to Kokomo? No, no. Why don't we go Jamaica? Off the Keys. There's a place called Kokomo. No, that's the beginning of the verse. So it's up the Florida Keys. We're going to get taken down now. Yeah. There's a place called Kokomo. You know it's fake. Kokomo? Yeah, yeah. I know. It's not real. Sad. That's sad. Wait, because really? they didn't want yeah. to get copyright stricken for <laughs> really? naming a geographical location. Yeah, there's no Kokomo. It pisses yeah. me off, man. That's not really a good How time. dare they? I wanted to really go yeah, down to down Kokomo. Down to Kokomo. <laughs> you get there fast and... We can take, take it slow. <laughs> but they mentioned all the other countries in the That was song. a joke, yeah. Well, they're wow. not all countries, right? Uh, Key Largo. Montego, Montego is a city in uh, Jamaica. Montego Bay, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I've never been there. You know, I've lived in Florida my whole life, and I think I criminally know very little about the mm. Caribbean. Bermuda is not even in the, in the Caribbean. It's not. Right? It's in the Mid-Atlantic, and it's yeah. not a country. It's an English uh, Oh, really? I thought it was a country. No. Yeah, that's not even close to the Caribbean. Yeah, it's like Bermuda. It's like... That's going to take you way out of your way, you know? Yeah, Bahama. If you're doing a cruise around the Caribbean. It's like, oh, yeah, Bermuda, Fiji. (laughs) uh, Come on. Nepal. (laughs) (laughs) Neat. Uh, Uh, Anything else? um, I think we solved. Well, no, I mean, get to, like, know, would you say know your mentor beforehand, before deciding? Uh, I I think that's I think that's beneficial, especially for the fact that the mentor the mentor already knows you, okay. and he's not like having to develop an opinion on you from scratch or like right. a context on you from scratch. It's like oh he does this because I already know that like his dad passed away when he was a kid, and so this that might have something to do with why he thinks this way. Uh, I so I'd say it's ideal. I think. I think there's musts and then there's ideals. So it's like, obvious, I, I, I would say, ideally, you can meet at least once a week, if not, you know, slightly more frequently than that. Um, it's a person that already knows you. 
They're strong in the faith. Oh, um, same gender. They're retired. I would say that's probably a must. Right? Yeah. Well, because like, we never really be, mentioned it. But yeah. It's like, yeah. I, I have a hard time thinking that a mentorship can be at its best, uh, you know, if it's if it's like a an older woman mentoring a younger man or an older man. Gosh, especially the opposite gives me oh, the sure. hibbly-jibblies. It's like, well, I mean, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you're alone together. But, I mean, I spent time alone with the mentor. Like, I, I went over to his house, and it was just the two of us in his, like, at his kitchen table with mm-hmm. our Bibles open talking about stuff. That is something I would never do with a younger woman or, like, to, yeah. to be mentored by an older woman, I, I think that. And I think that uh, it also puts certain mm-hmm. topics off limits for you, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and if you want to be able to be transparent so that your relationship is maximally beneficial, that ain't going to be good, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You set up certain limits once you uh, really kind of enter into, enter into a relationship like that. Yeah, yeah. of necessity. And it, I mean, whether you're already married or not, and whether they're already married or not, it's like you just have to put those walls up. You've heard of the Billy Graham rule? I've heard the Brad Pitt rule. Is this similar? <laughs> so Billy Graham is probably not quite as good looking as Brad Pitt. <laughs> now, the Billy Graham rule, and I, there's another name for it. Like, there's a more technical sociology name. But uh, the Billy Graham rule is that you're never alone mm-hmm. with someone of the opposite sex. And okay. I think that's just, like, such a good... Like, I've had one-on-one conversations with female students, but, like, my door's open, and and I'll say, like, I go into the hallway if I'm going to have those conversations because there's cameras in the hallway, and there's not cameras in my... That's uh, a good rule of thumb. Yeah, and then uh, even, like, at our church, this is something, like, the way that we've built our buildings, all the doors are see-through. Like, there's no opaque doors except for... I think the only opaque door on the entire campus... Is a mechanical closet? Oh, okay, that's true. <laughs> but if you're in the mechanical closet with someone, I don't think there's any way not to have suspicions behind that. Oh, yeah. Uh, the only opaque door, do you guys know where it is? In a, in a dorm? In a no, it, on, on, on our church campus. The bathrooms. The, uh, oh, that's... Okay. Stairwell. <laughs> okay, not the stairwell. But an actual room. An actual yeah, room. an actual uh, room location. Wasn't it... Isn't it Chris's old office? Ileana's office. Oh, it was Ileana's Yeah, oh, it was Chris's yeah, office. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's the only, even the offices upstairs, they have that thing where it's like a, uh, like, so Pastor Greg's, Chris's, Luke's, Taylor's office, they have those blinds that can come down, like, between the two panes of glass, and so you can make it opaque if you need, but it's usually transparent, and I think that's, like, man, you just save yourself so much worry, uh, with that, and even then, it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't, struggle to think of a time that I've had a one-on-one conversation with any female student at our church. But if I have, then it's, or, you know, about something pressing. But if I have, it's so great that there's now all these cameras outside. Mm. Great accountability. You know? So, anyway. All that to say, yes, same sex, I think, is a must. Uh, Mentorship. For mentorship. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Not the other same sex thingy. Yeah. Uh, We can talk about that on another podcast. (laughs) But uh, any other musts that we would say? What do you think about having someone in vicinity to your, you know, consistent life? You know, obviously not every single day, Mm -hmm. but like having someone who, as you were saying earlier, Travis, just like experiencing, you know, how you, you know, operate Mm -hmm. outside Mm -hmm. of maybe just that one hour mentorship. I think that definitely helps. Yeah. I, I might not say that that's like a must because it's like, 
you know, let's say that there's a guy and like if if like he just doesn't have anyone that would check all the boxes, but I do think that that's definitely ideal. Um, yeah. Any other musts? Elon musts. <laughs> uh, I think we got a pretty good list at least for now. Does anybody here have a mentor? The silence. No. Actively? No. Does anyone here have someone that would consider them a mentor? Well, like, you know, I think of like the high oh. school boys mm -hmm. at, at the church. It's like they would think of yeah. you as a leader and me as like the youth ministry yeah. leader and everything. But I don't think there's anyone that I would say that is my mentee. My mentee. Yeah, leader, yes, mentor, not really, no. Yeah. It's like the David and Sam are my. No. You think yeah, Sam is my mentors. sheep? I do think Sam is <laughs> For better or worse. But as you were saying earlier, though, Travis, I mean, parents could easily be seen as. I tell you the, the Jordan Peterson thing about uh, like he was listening to this Canadian proposal for a, a government program and it's like, oh, yeah, for new moms, this is a person that can, you know, spend time with them and teach them about like, you know, how to to breastfeed and how to X, Y, Z, all these different things. And it's like. That just sounds like a grandparent. Like that just sounds like what a family member. And and granted, not everybody has that, but it's like, yeah. man, God, what a what a genius of God to inbuild all of these features. And it's like, hey, you dingus! Like I gave you a dad, I gave you a mom. And and granted, not everybody's parents are ideals yeah, right. for this. But my mom was just over here today, and she spent like five hours with us. Wow. And uh, you know, loving on the baby, and also she was able to help Nicole with some things. Um, so yeah, man, if, if you can make that your primary mentor relationship, yeah. but, uh, all right. Did we solve it? Yep. We solved the mentorship. David's just saying that cause he's wanting to get out of here. Yes, he's got to eat more, uh, cheese and eggs. And... David <laughs> has sweat off 10% of his body weight, which is 10 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean, David? How, how much do you weigh? Should be weighing uh, one pound. Now. Should be weighing. No, wow. based off. Well, anyways, it doesn't matter. Anyway, David needs to eat a lot of food. I need to eat a lot of food. Mm -hmm. So, we all need, need to be. All right. See y'all on the flippity floppity.